me and him will kind of kick it off. We'll we'll talk for a few seconds, and then we'll introduce you and kind of just go from there. Sounds good. All right. And yeah, just kind of like project your voice a little bit. Yeah, you kind of know how it works. another Gift 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 a cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Bringing to you the best stories from icons in the bourbon industry, it's Bourbon Pursuit. Now here are your hosts, Ryan and Kenny. Back again with another episode of the Bourbon Pursuit Podcast. My name is Kenny. I'm your host and along today with my co-host, Ryan. How are you doing today? Doing well. I've got a nice cozy fire here in the El- Elmer T. Lee house. I think we're in the master distiller's room. Uh, pretty excited about today. Uh, I grew up in Bardstown and know all about the Bardstown bourbons, but kind of slowly figuring out uh, the Frankfurt area and uh, decided to talk to Buffalo Trace because I have a lot of friends in Bardstown are in the bourbon industry there hoping to make some new ones here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great. And our, our guest today is something that I've, I've grown recently familiar with because we actually went to school together, really didn't know each other. And then my company actually came to Buffalo Trace and bought a barrel. We actually bought a barrel of, of Buffalo Trace bourbon. You know, we had a few guys come out, do the sampling and, and choose the barrel. And then we gave it away to our customers. And so today we're actually very proud to have with us is Bo Beckman. So Bo, go ahead and uh, I guess kind of introduce yourself. And, you know, I guess this is one thing that a lot of people don't know about Bo is he's super humble, right? So <laughs> one thing that Bo doesn't really like to let people know about or he talks about, but Bo is actually, you're the great, 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 maybe another great <laughs> grandson of E.H. Taylor, right? Yeah, there, there's about a hundred plus years between us, but uh yeah, so he is my great-grandfather's great-grandfather is the easiest way to say it. Nice. Good. So I guess kind of give us your story of, of bourbon, right? So, 
you know, talk about, I guess, your life, uh, you know, growing up. I, I mean, I guess your family was somewhat into the bourbon industry, right? Or was yeah. there a, a stopgap that the family wasn't into it? And how would you sort of go back and take the reins and say, all right, well, I'm, I'm ready to maybe continue on my family legacy here? Yeah. Um, well, I guess so. There was a stopgap and a large one. Um, when E.H. Taylor left this distillery, he went and opened up Old Taylor Distillery. And then eventually his son, Swigert, was kind of running the show there. And he actually sold that to National Distillers. And since they sold uh, the Old Taylor Distillery, the family has been out of it. Um, but after they sold that, then they actually bought my, which is now a grandparents' house down the road here in Frankfurt. And it's just this big old house with, you know, tons and tons of old, cool history. So growing up, you know, we would go there often and it was just it wasn't just about bourbon. It was more just a lot of the history of the family. Um, so Colonel Taylor was actually kind of uh, raised in New Orleans for a little bit by Zachary Taylor. So kind of the claim to fame was we're related to president. Right. You know, yeah, you, like get, that. you get those presidential ties. Yeah. yeah. You know, at the time they weren't really, uh, you know, growing up going to Frankfurt, you know, the bourbon wasn't really being brought up too much. But uh, my grandfather had always kind of kept it alive. He had some of these, you know, old E.H. Uh, e. Taylor bottles, which is actually – where we got the E.H. Taylor uh, label now was from that house. So there's just, you know, all sorts of old stuff there. Yeah, I mean, and that that that, that label that you talk about, it's, it's a very unique label, especially in the bourbon world. It's definitely one that everybody kind of recognizes as soon as you see it on the shelf because, A, it comes in a sweet tube. Everybody loves yeah. sweet tubes. And especially the, the packaging has this, I, I guess you could say, retro feel or what really Rustic looks kinda, yeah, I mean, looks it, like an old – Kind of medicine ball or yeah, something. it does. It's not going to try to, to try to go along with you know changing the uh, the brand to kind of fit the more modern drink or whatever it is. It, it kind of stays to those roots a little bit. Yeah, and the guy E. H. Taylor was just supremely ahead of his time, you know, and that's why he went bankrupt a couple times <laughs> because he was so far ahead of his time. But you know, when he was building this distillery, he wanted it to be a tourist attraction. So about 130 years too early, but yeah. nevertheless, we get to show off what he built now because of you know his uh, forward thinking. It kind of it kind of goes back to like thinking of the Picassos and the these Mozarts and the artists of the day that uh, you know died as starving artists, but today their works live <laughs> right. on. If they just would have sold it for that, they could have lived you know lived the riches of, of all these. You know, people. They're much more a rock star now than they were. The time <laughs> exactly. They were. Yeah, there was uh, you know he he'll credit Swagger Taylor, his son, for kind of making sure that. At least there's some sort of legacy to carry on because otherwise he might have run something into the ground just because, you know, when you're that far ahead of your time, you just keep going with these new ideas and throwing as much money as you can at it. <laughs> so what about you and your past? I guess what, what led you back here to Buffalo Trace? You know, where did you, you go after college and what did you do? And, um, I mean, do you have any memories of, you know, being like 10 or 5 or 15, you know, talking about bourbon or anything like that? Uh, yeah, so I guess I'll start with what led me here was actually a very convenient convergence of circumstances. Um, my grandmother, this is going to sound crazy, but she is actually my step-grandmother, but she is married to my grandfather, E.H. Taylor Hay Jr. And she started filming a documentary with the distillery. When did you start filming? I think it was 2008, 2000, somewhere in there, uh, called The Quest for the Perfect Bourbon. And she was going back and you know, interviewing all the you know key figures, a lot of them with their faces around this room or their uh, grandsons about you know, the bourbon industry and kind of talk about it just from a, their family perspective. Um, 
Well, she, you know, happened to mention to our uh, marketing team that there was a grandson that uh, was kind of, you know, a couple years out of college and looking for, you know, something, something to get into the industry. Um, and that was me. So <laughs> before that, I it's, was actually it's, nice it's always it's always about the people you know, not what you know. Yes, right? That's, absolutely. It's that in, in the industry. Yeah. So um, you know, coming graduate, I graduated from Kentucky with a marketing degree, and then you know, I got to be lucky enough to graduate in the, the second depression. You know, right in two thousand <laughs> right. two thousand eight. So I timed it perfectly. So I actually started doing a lot of internet marketing and kind of building um, you know customer relationship management tools and training car salesmen on how to use them. So it's kind of just a lot of just the, the training salesmen, working with salesmen, and kind of sh- sh- making a better process to work with our customers. So uh, it actually worked out perfectly with what we wanted to do here with the Barrel program was kind of, we had a lot of salesmen. We didn't really have a great process to facilitate everything. So it kind of lined up nicely with what I was doing. Training you came salesmen. in, systemized everything, and cool. Exactly. So I guess that's kind of a good segue into what you're doing now here at Buffalo Trace. So I guess uh, talk a little bit about you know your role as the uh, barrel program manager uh, and and what that entails for anybody that does want to come and actually you know for those people that got a they got a few grand in their pocket to spend or they have to go through a liquor store or whatever it is. I guess give us kind of the process of what it is to go and actually uh, purchase a barrel. Yeah, so I have definitely peaked. Uh, at this point for jobs, <laughs> uh, it'd be hard to, uh, ever find a job that is, as you caught it at fun. the right time, didn't you? <laughs> yes, definitely did. You know, but it's, it's hard to call it work when you hang out with cool people, drink bourbon, you know, show them around the distiller and just kind of get to you know, be an ambassador for today. You know? Right. So that's you know, what the most important part of my job is, is, you know, spending time with customers. Um, I should say it now, you know, that's kind of with the growth of bourbon, we don't have barrels to sell anymore mm-hmm. you know so we have a set number we can sell but as far as kind of you know moving forward with new customers it's hard to do that so i guess you you're, you're like the most popular person but now everybody hates you because <laughs> you just you just can't give them what they want right? basically it, it went from so much fun two years ago and it was yeah you want that I'll, let me just help you get it that's all it took i just help you get it and now it's uh, you know i wish we could just kind of if we could prime the brakes for a couple of years while our inventory ages up because you know, barrels are there, they're just not old enough yet, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I try to explain to a lot of people. So I guess if, if there's not barrels there, how does how does the process go? I mean, do there's there a certain amount of barrels that are allocated to to your program that says like, well, we can do uh, this amount of barrels, and then as soon as people go and buy them up, then that's kind of all there is for this year. Yeah, similar to that. You know, our first priority is just fairness to all of our customers. So if you're a liquor store and you can't buy or bar and you can't buy any. You know, Eagle Rare, then it's really hard for us to say, okay, well, we're going to just keep selling a lot of barrels of it because, <laughs> right, you know, it's good for us. But really, we just want everybody to be happy and, you know, make sure we can keep Eagle Rare on the shelf. So is, it, is it on like a first come, first serve basis now? Or No, how we do it is basically, you know, at the beginning of the year, we'll say each state, this is how many barrels you get, and then let them manage that within their state just because, you know, it was got a little while, it was first come, first serve, but. You know, then you don't know who's getting anything, and you start a like a loyalty rewards program. Yeah. <laughs> is there is there yeah, is there a punch card for barrels yeah, exactly. now? Like <laughs> yeah, my, my Buffalo Trace Plus card. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess yeah, I mean that's really interesting. So I guess if a, if a person is lucky enough, you know their their number gets drawn, whatever it is, and they can come purchase a bottle. 
I guess, what is your, your ambassador duties? What, what kind of does that entail when they, when they actually come to the distillery or uh, ship samples or, or whatever yeah. it is? I kind of guess, how does that process So, work? you know, the main part of the process is actually explaining the process. Because, <laughs> you know, when, anytime you're dealing with a three-tier distribution system and a, uh, you know, a process that nobody's really familiar with, you just kind of got to do a lot of explaining. But, uh, you know, if you want to buy a barrel here, the kind of the basic, what you got to do is first you got to find a retailer that will facilitate your purchase because no matter what, we're going to ship it to our distributor. They're going to ship it to a retailer and then a customer can buy a barrel from them. Because it's, I think at this point, at least I know it's illegal for me to just come up to a distiller and just basically just buy a barrel, exactly. right? Yes. Uncle Sam needs his tax money. So we've got to <laughs> run it through his uh, distribution system there. Um, so once we got that lined up, you know, we have a willing and able buyer and we've committed to the retailer there. Then we can set up a day. So we'll pick a day that works for everybody and we'll say, you know, do you want to come here? Do you want to get a tour? Do you want to get lunch? Um, you know, what brand of barrel you're picking and how many barrels? And then you'll spend a day here. So you'll come, usually do a tour with one of our tour guides, uh, kind of just a little VIP private tour. And then we'll have a lunch in this room often. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we'll go roll out four or five barrels if you're picking one, taste through each of them, and then pick the one that you like the best. So I guess also give us the, the history a little bit of the, the barrel program and the, the brands you can choose, right? Because I know for a while there's there's a few stores. There's actually a, a one up the northeast. They have a pretty good claim to fame of being one of the biggest barrel selecting up there. Um, and they used to be able to get private selections of Elmer T. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's that's probably gone off the, the list of things that most anybody can choose. So I guess kind of give us, you know, what could you use to be able to choose? Because I think at one point you could actually choose a, a barrel of Pappy. At yep. one point, at one point, this is probably like 2008-ish, right? But Yeah, even before that. So the barrel program started, I guess, 2002, somewhere in there, but we actually kind of, you know, legitimized it in 2004 with the, the system. Um, and at that time, yeah, it was pretty much, you know, if, if you wanted it and we had it ready, then you could almost buy a barrel of it, which was fine because we had it and, you know, there wasn't a, you know, insatiable thirst for any of these products right. at the time. Um so what's going on now is, you know, the the more trouble we have filling stock orders, you know, everyday goods, the less barrels we can sell. So at this point, we are limiting uh, to Buffalo Trace in 1792. We have waiting lists for those two. Every other brand is just so heavily allocated, it's not even worth trying to do a waiting list. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you could do Eagle Rare, Elmer, and... Uh, I mean, I know I've seen Blanton's single barrels on the shelves at different stores. Mm-hmm. And so some Wellers and yeah, yeah, Weller Antique, all that sort of stuff, right? So I guess it's just, so I mean, the, yeah, those were, you know, and still are in the barrel program. So if they're a retailer and they have an allocation on it, they can get one of those barrels. Now, if you're an everyday consumer and you ask me, you know, can I buy a barrel? What's available? Then I'd say you know, Buffalo Trace 1792. Yep. And like, so you'll probably have to get on the waiting list for next year. Gotcha. gotcha. Where we're at now. So I guess if you were to say, well, uh, you know, maybe maybe I've got a good relationship with a with a liquor store, and I live in Kansas. I don't know. We'll just throw mm-hmm. something out there. Like, I guess what's the what's the best way for me to figure out? Like, well, maybe I can try to figure out if I can help this store and uh, partner with them and do a single barrel of whatever they have allocated. Mm-hmm. I guess what would be the process for me to go through and do something like that? It's really if you have a relationship with a retailer that is um, involved in the barrel program, you know what they do with that barrel is not our um, decision. You know, we can't tell them how to sell it. So if you go to them and say, hey, I see, you know, you're able to buy Eagle Rare. Would it be okay if our group picked it and just bought it from you right away? You know, bought it all when it was delivered. Right. As opposed to him being able to um, 
you know, sell it to as individual customers. So, you know, if you're, uh, I guess if you got the tenacity to go all these different <laughs> to try, to, yeah. try to figure it all out, if you really if want you to, you got a couple that. hundred friends yeah. that. <laughs> but the thing is, is you know, with the and this might be too much. The distributors controls his allocation, so the retailer sometimes isn't in the know of what their allocation is until they get it. So it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it gets messy. Yeah, and you can. I've, I've seen it even in a few different online forums of people that. They try to get maybe a community together to go and try to buy these barrels, right? I mean, you've seen uh, the subreddits do it. I know Blake from Bourboners do it. You know, mm-hmm. they, they kind of they try to figure out, well, let's go and find somebody to do it, and then we'll get you know we'll set, we'll get set up samples shipped. We'll have a few different people taste it, and this will be the the community's choice, if you will. Which is, I think, is it's an interesting concept. Yeah, that's actually a kind of a you know I can definitely tell it used to be just kind of bourbon societies where the ones doing it but now there's more of these communities that aren't necessarily consider themselves bourbon societies um, I know subreddit uh, bourbon group you know expressed some interest a few years ago they were looking for barrel proof so we kind of said you know obviously we don't offer that Four Roses has a nice barrel program too and I think mm-hmm. they were offering barrel proof I don't know if they still are um, but yeah you know I think that's kind of a real cool thing what these people are doing is getting big groups together and just kind of picking barrels and talking about it. So I guess if somebody does come here, you know, I, I kind of did a little, I did, my, I did my research before I came. So I guess does the, a lot of the tours still go through warehouse H. Yeah. The, so if you do a barrel selection tour, it's really just kind of a, we try to figure out what you're interested in and show it to you. I mean, there is hours upon hours of stuff you can see here. Mm-hmm. So it's just trying to find what is this person interested in? Cause we don't want to, you know, just give them the tour that they could have got if they came just for a regular tour. So right. we're trying to make kind of, Customize it based on their interest. Yeah, they're they're spending a little bit of money, right? Yeah, so exactly. It, it makes, makes sense. sense. It's a car almost, you know. <laughs> I guess it's probably dependent on the product, but about how many bottles can you average out of a yeah. So it depends on the age, but you know, roughly between 180 to 240 is gotcha. kind of your normal uh, range there. The one good thing that I like about the barrel program, being able to choose your own selection, is that it's not an insane amount of markup when you go and you get it from a regular retailer, right? It's still the same exact thing. It's just something that somebody has explicitly chosen. And I guess that kind of goes to um, maybe a little bit of, of why does the barrel program exist, right? Is it is it to give somebody the ability to say like, oh, you know, I, I picked my own bourbon. I, I, I know what the hell I'm doing, right? No. Or, is it, or is it maybe like, you know, Maybe this would be something that you should say, well, you know, let's not mess with the, the master chef's recipe, right? Let's let's drink it the way that was yeah, intended. Let him whether, taste it and pick whether it. it was supposed to be blended, you know, they, they, there's people that get paid here to sit there and drink it every single day and make sure that it's quality control and tested, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, I guess you could say it, it's supposed to align with the brand. So mm-hmm. I guess what's the what's the attractiveness that people look at when they when they actually buy a barrel? Yeah. So this is actually one of the reasons that. Um, when I took the job, that I, what I really liked about it right off the bat was, you know, I kind of had some sales background, and a lot of time in sales, there's one winner. There's not a lot of times where both both people are winning. Uh, and what I love about this is, you know, it works out great from what we're trying to do because, you know, we want to kind of show off our distillery, show them what brands we have, and then if you come here and you pick your own barrel of Buffalo Trace and you're a liquor store owner and you have a customer that comes in and asks for a barrel of Buffalo or asks for a bourbon you know, what are you going to recommend? It's you handpick this, your logo's on it. You know, you have an experience to attach to it. So it's just natural to say, yeah, you know, we handpick this and this is, you know, our house selection right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for us, you know, that's great. That's what we want. We want people to kind of, you know, share their stories about our brands and kind of get attached. And speaking to the kind of, you know, all the, the differences as far as, you know, everyday Buffalo Trace for us doing a single barrel, you know, one 
cool thing we can do because we have all these different warehouses of different types is we have all these different brands because we know, you know, Buffalo Trace isn't for everybody. But most people that don't like Buffalo Trace that do like bourbon like Eagle Rare or they might like Weller. So, you know, we have different um, – it's very subjective taste profiles. You know, it's what you like. I think that's the whole bourbon industry, right? It's, exactly. it's, that's, that's why we're doing this podcast, right? We don't want to sit there and bore you with what we're drinking. We want to tell you the stories behind it and really about what's going on here actually. Yeah, bourbon is all about the stories. So I think, like you said, the liquor store can convey their own story uh, and make it more of an interesting bottle, you know, so yeah. that makes you more – have to buy it, I guess. Yeah. And the nice thing with bourbon is there are actual stories to tell. There's, you know, it's a real, you know, everything about it is real. You can't come to the distillery and look like any of it's a facade. It's just <laughs> right. been here for 200 plus years and a lot of hard work has gone into it. So there's a lot of stories around Some it. stuff might be fabricated, but most of it. Yeah. There's, there's definitely fluff, but, you know, I'm not too big on any stuff like that just because you kind of discredit yourself immediately. And, you know, with the consumer's interest, their knowledge is, you know, growing considerably as well. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I think sometimes with fluff, it's more of you don't want to over-explain things to people, you know, because you really when someone comes to the distillery, you don't know if they've never had a glass of bourbon before and are yeah. brand new to it or if they are, you know, 30 years into deep research. Right. You know, so it's really just trying to keep it as simple, stupid. Exactly. <laughs> simple as possible. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it uh, a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And you can get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus Magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. So if you think about the bourbon industry and how it hasn't really changed over, uh, you know, let's say a couple decades, couple you know, about 100 years, right? But... You, you at Buffalo Trace are actually making strides into this digital world. And I think it was about uh, a little about a month ago, maybe a little bit less than that, you guys actually released a new web-based application for people to go and purchase barrels, be able to track their barrel selection online or anything like that. Can you kind of talk about that? Yeah. Um, you know, so the, you know, the motto of the distiller is honor tradition, embrace change. And so, you know, when you have someone, Colonel Taylor, who's just a huge innovator, you know, honor and tradition, you are innovating. That's a big part of it. And we've had a pretty 
ridiculous run of leadership here over the years, you know, from Taylor to Blanton, now Mark Brown. He, uh, you know, he's always striving for advancement. We're in, you know, advanced distillery. So we're always open to, you know, doing things that help the customers, you know, make, make things better. So really that application was more for customer service than anything. It was, you know, taking a confusing process and giving everybody, you know, shedding light on uh, orders and letting everybody see, you know, where exactly everything is and just kind of get it right on the same page. So are you pushing everything more towards the that web-based application now? So it, it's all centralized. It's all digital. We say, like, this is your home. This is where you go to be able to kind of figure out where you are in the process. Exactly. You know, back to the three tiers of distribution system, you know, each state, who's buying the barrel and who the decision maker is a different person. It might be someone from the distributor. It might be someone from the retail outlet. It might even be a consumer that's buying through a retailer. So having kind of an aggregator that, you know, basically that kind of aligns profile permissions with the three-tier distribution system. So, you know, based on where they are, kind of gives them their level of access and it just aggregates everything. Right. So I, I, I would assume this also makes your job 10 times easier because you're not on the phone 50 times a day and people are going, hey, hey Bo, where's where, my barrel? Where's where, is, where is it at? You know, where's my money? <laughs> Uh, yeah, hopefully long term it will. You know, definitely short term changing a new process is always fun. Right. So there's definitely the legwork going into it right now. Um, but yeah, if it didn't make my if it if, if it makes my job easier, that means that everybody around me is understanding of what is going on. So that would be you know the best case scenario. So I guess uh, when you were working with them, you know, building the, that web app, I guess what was the process or how long did it take to finally get to from, from start to completion, you know, and, and where did that idea generate from? Um, so it took two plus years, which was kind of, uh, you know, a little bit frustrating, not for how long it took, but it's the design that went into it uh, was one thing. But now what we can actually sell has changed because when we started designing it, you know, we were kind of open season. And now everything's so limited, we can't really uh, do too much with it. It's kind of like going on Domino's website now or Papa John's, <laughs> and, and now you have a better understanding, and you don't have to answer the phone, and you're pissed because they can't buy a single barrel of Blanton's or whatever, right? <laughs> it's kind of like that's that's what's on the menu. That's what we have for today. Uh, put in your PayPal account, and we'll, we'll take your money, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, there's one thing that we definitely was, uh, you know, important factor was not to get away from the, you know, human-to-human contact because you know that's kind of a thing we do is you know you can find our president's phone number and email address on the website you know and he will answer the phone or get back to you in a couple of days so you know it's it was important that we didn't lose sight of that part of you know the business so you know people still get direct contact to me and have emails with me back and forth explaining things so it definitely still takes some explaining but it's just you know a little bit easier to progress things along when everybody's informed well it seems like it would help the consumer also cuz i don't want to call you and have to have, hassle you all day look at i can just be nice to look at, kind of like when I order from Amazon. I'm excited about that purchase, and then it's not here in three days. Where is it at? Yeah, yeah you, know. you got to check your tracking yeah. number. You're checking it every hour to see if it's hit Tennessee yet, and then if it's hit wherever, right? Yeah, exactly. So it definitely helps us, too. Yeah, so it's the exact same thing. When you all were buying the barrel, if you were wondering, you know, are we getting close to bottling, you could sign in. You might have moved from waiting for materials to bottling soon. Your pizza's in the oven. Exactly. It will be delivered soon. I'd look at it and be like, hey, Tiffany, my barrel's getting getting bottled today. This is great. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, a little bit more about the history of you before we start wrapping this up. I mean, are there any other, uh, you know, legacies from, from the tailors that are into the bourbon industry or is, are you kind of just the one solely one kind of carrying on this, this sort of legacy? Um, so I guess at this time, I think I'm the only one, but 
you know, there the chosen be, one. Yeah, there could be uh, there could be another cousin. There, there's a, there's a distillery. branch in that tree that may be falling off at yeah. some point. You and it's a big tree. You know, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of uh, tailors out there. Um, but I think you know I, I, I am lucky enough. So they still have that house down the road. It's actually down the road from here. Um, and my grandfather's always cleaning it out and giving me old boxes. And most of most time, it's just random stuff. But you know, about a year ago, he gives me an old box of books, and I start looking through it, and I can see see E.H. Taylor's signatures on the inside cover, and then realize one's like his original ledger from this distillery, like you know, managing all of the banks and you know, all kind of fun stuff. Wow! So, I so a lot cool. of, you get to like take yeah. that and like give it to the archives here for all that kind of history. Actually, yeah, that was actually the first thing I did, um, mainly because I was worried. I was like, well, I don't want you know family <laughs> yeah. drama and thirty years yeah. around it you know, that because better, I have all this. What stuff? if he's got like a, a lot of back taxes in there you don't yeah. know about, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I actually took it um, to Mark Brown, and he looked at it and was like, "You know, this is you know pretty great stuff. Let's give it to um, Mike Veach, who mm-hmm. has all the Taylor files. So he's got you know just a you know the Filson Society got a big shelf of all this old Taylor stuff. It all came from that house that my grandfather gave them all. So I just figured that would be a good spot for yeah. So I guess uh, what are your kind of thoughts on you know the the old Taylor brand starting to kind of get a a, a new face and a new name here? Uh, which will be coming, I guess, in the next few months to a year, whatever it is. Um, I love everything that we're doing with E.H. Taylor. Uh, there's just a lot of smart people behind it, but they're really just kind of honoring what uh, what it was. So, you know, you don't really have to do too much crazy stuff when you already had a winning formula. Yeah. Uh, but and then, then I guess that kind of goes along with, you know, what's happening here at the Stilly with, with E.H. Taylor. I mean, is there anything uh, new and exciting that – we don't. I don't want to press for anything proprietary, but kind of like you know anything that that you know we can like kind of uh, talk about that's going on for the yeah. brand itself. You know, you're there's always it's kind of fun with E.H. Taylor, and this goes back to him, you know, being a uh, innovator. You, we can do some fun expressions. So there was one that I'm trying to figure out if I can say or not. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> say it if it's going to get you in trouble. Getting the head shake. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we can talk about you know the expressions that are there too, right? I mean, right now we've got basically like five ones, really three that you can find on the shelves every once in a while, right? Your small batch, your single barrel, your straight rye, your barrel proof, and then every once in a while you could find the sour mash if you were really lucky about maybe a year or two ago, and then, and then that, the tornado, the tornado about yeah. um, 2013. Which I'm hoping right? there's like an extra one lying around here. Yeah, I saw, uh, I saw the picture you retweeted with someone came across a case of the tornado bombs. Yeah, they came across a case of like I think eight down. tornadoes that did just – I don't know. I don't even know what state it was in, but I, I guess I guess they're still out there just hidden in corners somewhere. You just got to find them. I would love to find one. Last time I drank a bottle of it was I opened it up for the first game of the 2012 NCAA tournament. Big, mm-hmm. big Cats fan, obviously. So I opened up, didn't drink it only during games, and took my last sip during the Kansas game that we won championship. Nice. So I'd really love to get another bottle and it's, do that again. We got we got <laughs> just about a, a few weeks before that happens too again, yeah. right? So. <laughs> so obviously that's my favorite thing we've ever made. Yeah, if if, uh, <laughs> if anybody out there feels like donating, please feel free to reach out and we'll give it to Bo. <laughs> but I guess uh, one last question before we wrap up. You know, you have a very unique job here. Uh, by being able to interface with people, you understand the brands, you understand – um, the palettes that people are coming that they want to choose. So I guess what's the one thing that you, you can take away from your job at the end of the day and, uh, and say, this is why I, I love working here so much. Um, I think it goes to that. I like helping people. That's just, you know, kind of the nature of me. So when I see people with a want and I have a, I can fill that want, you know, make them happy and put smiles on their face and kind of, you know, give them an experience of a lifetime. Cause a lot of these, you know, people are customers that, 
know, they're coming to this barrel of bourbon uh, distillery, aren't really familiar with a lot of things, then leave and they're just fans for life. You know, they just love the distillery, love all the history of it and have, you know, a day they can kind of remember and then hopefully bottles will be saving for years and every time they open it up, they'll kind of think about the day. So we're like that part of it. Well, good deal. So if anybody does want to get in contact with you and they're brave enough to go and uh, ask their liquor store owners to do private barrel selections. How how can they get and reach and, t- and get in touch with you? Um, so the best way is uh, contact info is on our website, Buffalo Trace Distillery. We can always just email me at bo or bbeckman at buffalotrace.com. dot com. Um, and then singlebarrelselect.com is the uh, new barrel website that you can go and read about the barrel program and see what's available. Awesome, awesome. Well, good deal, well, Bo. We definitely appreciate you being on the show today and giving us a kind of a, a good look at what it is to be a barrel program manager and understand exactly the process that that goes behind actually having to uh, throw down a couple of grain and buy your own barrel as well. Well, thank you for having me. I absolutely appreciate it. You said you you all are all about helping customers. Can you make some more antique collection to help me out? (laughs) Yes, yes, we can. It'll be ready in about 17 years. There you (laughs) go. Exactly. Perfect. Well, thanks, Bo. Appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, guys, if you want to subscribe on iTunes, see if this automatically pops up, you know, to your feed every week or give us comments, suggestions. We'd love to hear feedback. So, uh, appreciate it again, Bo, uh, and, uh, hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. Mm-hmm.